All right. So here we are at Writer's Retreat. And, uh, you know, I don't have any other date tonight. So (laughs) (laughs) neither do I. Okay. You guys are it for me. Um, So um, I want to get started talking about our stories, but I want to first make sure that everybody knows everybody's voices. So um, let's just quickly introduce ourselves and maybe where we are and if there's one thing you want to say say your one thing but let's be quick about okay yeah well i'm abby taylor and we sort of did this already while you were gone deborah but i probably um the mary probably doesn't know anybody but this is me abby taylor and i that's all i'll say everybody everybody knows me pretty much well i'm mary highland i'm the one that came in late and um, I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, yes. I'm in Sheridan, Wyoming. Sorry. I didn't think and of that. Thanks. And I think I heard Thomas. Did I hear Thomas? No? Um, yeah, he that. was here a minute ago. He said he, he was, was on the phone or something. So yeah. I don't know okay. if he's muted or what. Okay. Well, maybe he's muted. So, Bill, I know I heard you, too. Bill Outman, Daytona Beach, Florida. And okay. <laughs> okay. And You're enjoying and, the group? Good. And Anne? Yes. Anne Parsons, uh, Rochester, New York. And Deanna, who I know from way back. Yep. Um, Deanna Quietwater Noriega from Missouri. You just keep moving around. (laughs) Yeah, I know. My first one in Colorado. Well, before uh, that, I was in California and Oregon and wow, <laughs> all places. Kind of like that song, I've been everywhere, man. Okay, so Thomas, are you back? Are you unmuted? No. Is, is there anybody else? I think that's it. Because it, okay. it was just me and Tom and um, Deanna and Ann and Bill when I came in, and then Mary okay. came in, and nobody else has come in since. So I think we've got everybody covered. Okay. Okay. Uh, so um, as I think everybody knows, we're going to talk just about two stories tonight. And um, Abby's, I actually, I read it, and you know, I don't usually react so quickly to something, but I read it and I just liked it so much that I wrote to her and said, can we talk about this on the next writer's retreat meeting? So um, then she graciously said, of course, and posted it again. So why don't we um, take it away? All right. Well, uh, since I posted this a couple days ago, I presented this to another writers group that met this morning and since that meeting I made a slight change to the beginning so it may sound different from what you remember reading. Working in public. What I saw made my blood run cold. The thin man with graying hair and huge glasses in the seat next to me on the airplane was squinting over his laptop. He didn't seem to be aware that I could see what was on the screen, which was bright with large text. For half an hour, I'd watched, fascinated, as he'd read his email and worked on documents. I'd learned his name was Roger Newton. 
but he was the president of the Chase Bank branch in Casper, Wyoming, where I lived, but his wife, confined to a wheelchair, worked at a rehabilitation center for people with disabilities. The couple had no children or pets and were trying to sell their house so they could move to a condo. Now, an instant message appeared from someone named Dirk G. Hey, Roger, I'm all set for tonight around 11 o'clock. You sure your wife will be in bed by then? Oh, yeah, Roger answered. She'll be in bed by 10. The key is underneath the mat outside the kitchen door. I disabled the alarm this morning before I left. She doesn't know this. Try not to make too much noise, okay? I don't want the neighbors to hear you. To hear it. I don't want the neighbors to hear anything, okay? No problem. My pistol has a silencer. You sure your wife won't hear me coming in the kitchen door? Nah, once Carla's out, she's out. A train could come through the house and she wouldn't know it. Okay, I'll sneak in the back door through the kitchen and living room and right into the bedroom. I'll have to use a flashlight so I can see what I'm doing. But if I can aim for her head, she won't know what hit her and she won't feel any pain. Good deal. Okay, so what about the money? Carla's jewelry box is on the bureau in front. In ah, Carla, oh shoot, just a second. I lost this stupid thing. Jump back to the beginning. Just a second. Ah. Technical difficulties. Oh, I know. Like I say, um, <laughs> technology is like a spouse. You can't live with it. You can't live without it. That's true. Okay. All right. Um, hang on. Okay. Uh, where was I? All right. Okay. Nah. Once Gar. Oh, I did it. Okay. Um, jewelry box. Carla's jewelry box. Hang on a minute. Uh, okay. Let's see. Hang on. Oh, what is wrong with you? Okay. She won't know what here. Okay. All right, uh, okay, so what about the money? Carla's jewelry box, or jewelry case, is on the bureau in front of the bed. She doesn't keep it locked. Inside are some really expensive necklaces and bracelets I bought her over the years. You can take and sell those, and that'll be your deposit. Once the life insurance claim settles, I should be able to write you a check for the rest. Sounds great. Let me be sure I have the right address. That's 1531 Apple Tree Lane, right? Yes. I was a realtor in Casper. That address sounded vaguely familiar. I stood and made my way to a nearby lavatory where I sat on the toilet and opened my phone. Sure enough, 1531 Apple Tree Lane was a house I'd Shown, why is it doing that? Just a second. I'd shown recently, hang on. Um, oh, just a second. I don't know why it keeps, okay. Okay, hang on, we're getting there. Okay, uh, I'd shown the week, uh, the previous week. The woman interested in buying it needed a place that was handicap accessible because her husband had just suffered a paralyzing stroke. The house was listed with a different realty company, and she hadn't made an offer. Hmm. 
right then and there, I wanted to call my husband, Rick, a police detective, but I didn't want to make my seatmate suspicious if he even noticed my absence. So I stood, flushed the toilet for good measure, washed my hands, and returned to my seat. I leaned my head back, closed my eyes, and tried unsuccessfully to sleep. The plane couldn't have landed in Denver, Colorado soon enough. After retrieving my baggage and rental car, all the while making sure Roger Newton wasn't anywhere near me, I locked the car doors and, with trembling fingers, punched in Rick's cell number. It was only 7.30, so he wouldn't be at the station yet. When he answered, my voice was shaking as I said, Oh, honey, you're not going to believe this. Lucy, what's wrong? Are you okay? I'm fine. After I explained the situation, Rick gave a low whistle. Jesus, are you sure he didn't see you watching him? I'm pretty sure. He was hunched over that monitor, monitor the whole time, squinting. It's a wonder he doesn't have a headache. He probably does. I sure hope he isn't driving. I think I told you that only last week, my buddy Tyler, who works at Magic City Computers, spoke to a group of Chase Bank employees about protecting themselves while working in coffee shops or airplanes. I remember that. Well, he said Roger Newton, the president, wasn't there. Go figure. Well, when I get the cuffs on him, I'll tell him if he'd come to Tyler's presentation, he wouldn't be in this mess. I laughed in spite of myself. Seriously, I don't know if there's anything he could have done. He looked like he was really having trouble seeing. And he's plying to murder his wife so he can cash in on her life insurance policy. Don't that beat all. Well, I'll get on this right away. You stay safe. Call me when you get to the hotel, okay? I will. I started the car and looked at my watch. The real estate convention I planned to attend wasn't scheduled to start until 9. The Holiday Inn where I would stay and where the convention would be held was only about a 15-minute drive away. I figured I'd have plenty of time to get settled and grab, grab a bite to eat before the first session started. When I walked into the, into the hotel lobby, I stopped short. There was Roger Newton at the registration counter, rubbing his temple as he spoke to the clerk. My heart pounded. His back was to me, so I didn't think he saw me, but I wasn't about to take any chances. I turned and marched out the way I'd come. With trembling hands, I unlocked my car, got in, and locked all doors. I drove away from the loading zone and found a secluded spot at the back end of the building. Constantly checking my rearview mirror to be sure he wasn't running after me. After I parked, I called Rick again. When he answered, he said, Babe, I was just about to call you. 
I just got off the phone with Chase Bank. Mr. Newton is in Denver at a banker's conference at the Holiday Inn, where you're staying. I know. I just saw him in the lobby. I'm back in my car now, and I don't think he saw me. Good. Look, I think you'd better skip this real realtor's convention and come home as soon as possible. This guy may not see very well, but still, normally, I rebelled against Rick's protectiveness, but this time he was right. What if Roger Newton did see me and was involved with some sort of mob? It wasn't worth the information and insight I would gain at the convention. Okay, I'll see if I can get a flight out today. My heart sank when I discovered that there were no seats on any of the flights returning to Casper from Denver International Airport that day. I booked a seat on a flight that left early the next morning. When I called Rick with this information, he said, that'll have to do. Now, find another hotel, preferably with room service. You shouldn't be going out once you get settled. You're right. I'll see what I can do. The Marriott wasn't too far, and they had a cancellation, so a room was was available. It was more expensive than I than I would have liked, but it had room service, free wireless internet, and other amenities I could use while hiding out. Once I was settled, I called Rick to tell him where I was. Great, he said. I'm heading out. I'm heading out now to Mountain View, where Carla Newton works. Try to get some rest. I'll be in touch. Despite my anxiety, I slept for a couple of hours, then spent the rest of the day working, watching television, and ordering delicious meals from room service. Every time someone knocked on the door, I looked through the peephole and didn't open the door until I was sure it wasn't Roger Newton or a possible henchman. Rick called every so often with updates. Carla Newton would spend the night at the rehab facility where she worked since she needed specialized equipment to help with her personal care. Rick and another officer would stake out the property so they could arrest Dirk G. When he were arrest Dirk G when he arrived, there wasn't evidence of Roger Newton's involvement in any criminal activity other than the other than the plot to murder his wife. I was still anxious when I turned in that night, but the bed was so comfortable and I was tired. The door to my room was locked and chained, so there was no way anyone could come in without me un without me knowing it. When I woke the next morning, I found a text from Rick. We nabbed him. Call me when you get to the airport. I'll be up. I did just that while waiting for my flight in the terminal. How did it go? I asked. Great. This Dirk G character was a real amateur. Right away, he told me who hired him and where he was. The Denver police have Roger Newton now. That's a relief. Okay, I'll meet you at the airport when you get into Casper. You don't have to do that. My car is there. Then I'll follow you home. We'll see you then.
for once I didn't argue. When my plane landed in Casper, I found Rick in the baggage claim area talking to a woman in a wheelchair. Could it be Carla Newton, I wondered? If so, what was she doing here? Rick saw me and we rushed into each other's arms. After a quick embrace, he turned to the woman in the wheelchair and said, Mrs. Newton wanted to come and thank you personally for being such a nosy seatmate to her husband. I smiled, bent, and extended my hand to her. I'm glad I could help, but I'm so sorry about all this. She took my hand and smiled and returned, then shrugged. I should have known something was up. I recently discovered him having an affair with a woman with two good legs. When I confronted him, he told me she meant nothing to him and the relationship was over. He then insisted I buy this life insurance policy and was so happy when I did. I thought a move to a new place would give us a fresh start, but I guess I was wrong. It's a good thing we hadn't yet signed the lease on the place we found. Did you have an offer on your house? I asked. Nope. She answered, and I called the realtor yesterday and told him to take it off the market. I've got enough to deal with right now, and the last thing I need to worry about is moving. However, your husband tells me you're a darn good realtor, so if I ever decide to sell, I'll call you. Thank you, I said. I retrieved a business card from my purse and handed it to her. If there's anything else I can do, please let me know. And again, I'm so sorry. Hey, I'm alive, thanks to you, so don't be sorry. By the way, Roger called me this morning from the Denver police station. He said somebody set him up. I told him that if he'd only taken my advice and learned Braille, he could have gotten one of those Braille tablets and nobody would have been the wiser. The end. <laughs> well, you, you all already know that I like it, but I, I want to tell you um, why I, a couple of reasons why I particularly like liked it. Um, I think the main one, well, the, the, the premise is um, not only believable, but I've been there. Mm -hmm. I was, I was yeah. on a plane once when I was reading my email on my laptop and um, the person next to me suddenly, suddenly made a comment on one of my messages. Uh -oh. <laughs> and, oh, boy. And yeah. So after that, I mean, I don't use a computer on airplanes anymore. It, it, yeah. it was so unsettling to think right. that somebody could just be reading right in my face. So now yeah. I do everything on my phone on the plane and I always turn screen curtain on. Right, but, right. So, so it started with that, which was so believable. And um, But I love the way you handle disability, both disabilities. It, it How it's just slid in there and not entirely mm -hmm. relevant. I mean, I just, I, I really like right, it. Right, right. And there was one, it jumped out at me the first time and this time because I'm a raving lunatic disability rights advocate. So confined to a wheelchair is really passe. If you could oh. just change that phrase, I'd be okay. so happy. Okay. Is it, can you, you know? recommend something else? Yeah. Just um, 
is a woman who uses a wheelchair. I forget oh, exactly okay. how the phrase goes, but just okay. say uses a wheelchair because confined and conf- it, it, it's just wrong for all the, you know, like. Sure. Okay. It, it, Not a problem. Yeah. Not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. But I, that's, I, I, I just, I really like okay. it. Okay. Sure. Sure. Not a problem. Yeah. It's got that, you know, short story. Um, it's got all the elements of a good short story. You know, it's just all tied up mm-hmm. in a neat package there. So anyway, so I'll shut up and let other people. No, that's fine. That's okay. fine. Thank it's, you. It's I appreciate still, that. Go ahead, Bill. Bill, I have a couple comments on it. Yes, it is a believable scenario. And I will tell you that actually in real life, about 25 years ago, my parents got, were involved in a stocking situation with a situation with a woman that my dad mistakenly got involved with, and it, uh, it resulted in a, a murder pact that foiled, and the, the lady was uh, found incompetent to stand trial, but uh, yeah, these things can happen. And thankfully, wow. the very survived until he passed. Mm. Yeah, so there, that can happen. The funny thing about it is that the police came to my, my parents' home where I was living at the time, and uh, the informant mistakenly had me as a deaf daughter instead of a blind son. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, anybody else? Well, I have already told Abby in email what I thought, but I'll tell you guys, I really like the story. Number one, it flows well. It really does. Um, there's, you know, it, it, there is no choppiness at all from beginning to end, and it works, it works well uh, because, you know, because of that, and it's just, it's so believable. It really is. And, um, uh, you know, it's just, and, and, you know, it, what I like is that is the humor in it. And the fact that this guy is, is, um, you know, he's, he's there and he, he is looking at his screen and he's squinting and so forth and, and unaware of, everybody else around him because he has to concentrate because he can't see. And, you know, it's just, it, it just, um, it's so typical of, of how people, how people behave. I think Abby is an excellent people reader. I don't know how much time she spends people watching, but I must spend a lot. Well, the only time I spend people watching is when I'm waiting for something, waiting for the transportation or waiting in a waiting room, right. doctor's office or something. So I just, yeah. So I don't spend We've all had a space and the day that happened later. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, was was Anne finished with with your Yeah, with I was finished. Comments? Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, okay. Anne. I don't know what I could have done to <laughs> Those? That's okay, Abby. It's not your fault. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, can I um, have a turn? <laughs> well, Deborah, is that Deborah who's speaking, or is that Mary? It's Mary. Oh, go ahead. I don't know where Deborah, Deborah is. Go ahead. 
she got probably got kicked off too. Yeah. Well, go <laughs> well, ahead, Mary. I, go ahead, Mary. Okay. Um, I I loved your dialogue. It it like Anne said, it was it really flowed well, and it was very natural. It wasn't stiff or contrived. Um, and so I I really like that. And uh, just out of curiosity, as a learning uh, tool, I'd like to know how you started it before and what you did to change it. Okay. Well, you know what? I think mind can... sharing that? No, I don't mind at all. What I did before, well, I won't bother opening the document then. What I did before is... Um, before I had it, you know, I had a con. Well, my I had I had several drafts of this. The first draft was it started out very narrative, you know, how why she, about why she she was on the six o'clock clock flight to Denver and she didn't have a bulk she had a bulkhead seat, so she had to put her her briefcase in the overhead bin instead of keeping it putting it under the seat in front of her, and yada yada yada. And then there's this conversation uh-huh. with her and the man in the seat next to her, he asks if she'll retrieve his, his briefcase for him out of the overhead van because he's sitting next, she's on an aisle seat and he's sitting next to her and so it's, you know, and so she, or uh-huh. he, actually she, he asks, you know, and, and she gets it out for him and gives it to him and then he asks if he can lower the shade so that he can, because you know, it's, it's, he needs less light, it's, the light is too bright and uh, then, you know, she's talking about, well, she did. She could have gotten her laptop out and worked, but she was tired. She wanted to get a little sleep before she landed in Denver, so she closed her eyes, and then the bright light startles her awake. And so oh, okay. I did this original, in this, in this piece, in this recent version, I call that out and start by... Hey, saying, you guys are here. We're here. We yeah, got we're, cut out. We carried on without you. <laughs> we got cut out. We all got cut off. We all right. I just called. Yeah. I just called Bob because the message that I got said the host has another meeting. Right. And, oh, I, that, that's oh, what I got because too. Because I'm I'm one of the alternate hosts. And okay. That, but it, it's to still close the meeting that you were in and then restart. So that's what I did. Okay. Oh. Well, I'm really glad that everybody got back because I thought that would just really. Yeah. yeah, and I but I don't know why we I don't know why we were cut off. So I don't because know. Yeah. Bob was joining another meeting where he's not the host, but it somehow obliterated our meeting. Oh geez. Oh, because I thought it was my fault because I'm, no. I'm an anyway. There, wait, there he is. So let, so so Bob and got everybody back on track. I sincerely apologize. I was trying to go over to Michael's group, and I'm not the host over there. But apparently. I screwed up. I apologize to the writers. Oh, it's it's not a problem. We all you. got back in, and it's it's yeah. not. It, oh my goodness! Yeah. Okay, yeah. it's been so one thanks. technology nightmare after another for me. So it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's perfect. Only God. Nobody's perfect. Go on with what you're doing. I'll I'll merge the recordings. I'll make it right. I'll merge the recordings. We'll get it. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Bob. Thanks. Okay. okay. All right. So, um, yeah. So, and I'm. You guys all got back in while I was calling Bob and saying, "Fix yeah, it." Just, yeah. Yeah. And it worked. Okay. And it worked. All right. So um, anyway. Um, so. So I had just was, a, uh, I I had just asked Abby to to tell us what the change was that she made. At the beginning oh. of the piece, you know, she oh, she mentioned okay. that she changed well, since, something. Yeah, well, I yeah, and then and then 
uh, originally my first sentence was, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And somebody at this other writers group meeting that I attend this morning suggested that I might need to make it a bit more punchier. So that's why I changed it to what I saw made my blood run cold. Run cold. That was a good hook. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of like both, so I, you yeah. know. <laughs> well, I couldn't I, believe what I was seeing doesn't really tell you much. Right. So that's right. why I, yeah, you know. And so yeah. this way it kind of gives you an idea that something malicious is going to be, is happening, you know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, have you submitted it anywhere, Abby? Or no, not to? yet. Now, Anne suggested I submit it to Ellery Queen's Mystery Magazine. I downloaded mm -hmm. the latest issue from Bard, and I was mm -hmm. looking at that. And many of the, you know, mo many of the stories in there are so long, and this one's not that long. I'm, it, it's you know, most of those stories take like forty-nine to fifteen minutes to read, and yeah. this one, you know, doesn't take is that long. Plus, most of the contributors are actually published authors of mystery mm -hmm. books, and so I'm not even sure okay. that it would be a good fit and i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna submit it to magnets and ladders right yeah do you, do you have do you have writers market um i well i i know i have poets and writers i get that and someone suggested i look in there i might look there and see if it but you know a lot of those journals that i've looked at you know my writing doesn't seem to be a bit good a, a fit for that and and i don't know if a lot of them would take a story that you know has a disability theme. I don't read a lot of that mm -hmm. kind of stories in these journals that I, you know, that I. I don't see it having a disability to. theme. I mean, that's well, what I like okay. about it. It, it doesn't oh, okay. have a disability theme. Oh, okay. It, I mean, it's a good mystery. Um, I, I, you know, if you don't have writers market, you know, now, granted, I haven't used it for a few years because I just haven't. I've had too much. I haven't had time to look at pursuing new. Right, places right. for my writing, but right. um, it's you know back in the day when I was first starting, you could only get it in hard copy, and it was. But now it's all online, and it's pretty accessible. Right. You, okay. You, yeah. You can pay um, an annual membership is I don't remember maybe fifty or sixty dollars, but you could pay for probably a short time or free trial, just long enough to look up short stories and mysteries. Yeah. I bet right. There's a, because. Right. There well, are they, a lot of, they have a category for mystery stories? Oh, for everything. Oh, for they everything. do? Okay. It, okay. Yeah. And, you know, there, you know, when you think there are thousands and thousands of magazines, large and small, and I think, you know, if you could find, like, a lot of regional magazines um, will publish, you know, an occasional piece of fiction, and I could see you fitting in, you know, okay. in, to yeah. a slot like that. Yeah. Anyway, I'd, I'd, I'd work on getting it out okay. there if I okay. were you, I think. Okay. I think great. So, um, well, are we ready for me? <laughs> I guess so. If nobody else has any comments, I don't have is, any further there, questions or anything. Any, anybody else? Okay. I guess not. And, okay. Somebody's cooking up something in the kitchen. Hope it's tasty. <laughs> hey, yeah, you better give us some. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, okay. Well, you guys, this is kind of funny. I mean, I think you all know that, you know, I've been a professional writer for decades, but but journalism. And um, so I've been really reluctant to share. This is the first I've been on a couple writers lists for a while. This is the first time I've shared anything. So it's like, whoa, I'm nervous. Anyway, but um, mm -hmm. so... 
so um, uh, I, I will just say that, and you know, I have said many times whenever I talk about my writing career that what made the reason that I wound up having a career was that I didn't have early rejections because I don't take rejection well. So that said, I want you guys to be really honest, please. But um, this, I learned a lesson from this because I wrote this story 10 years ago. I shared it with one friend, a very dear friend, and she thought it was crap. That isn't what she said. She didn't say it's crap, but what she said translated is that. And then, so recently I showed it to her again and she said, I don't remember ever seeing this and, and I like it. So what I learned from that is we should never take one person's opinion. We shouldn't be so, so um, weak as that. And, you know, and I think of all the brilliant writers that I've heard talk about how they collected their hundreds of rejections and were proud of them. And I think, so shame on me, I need to toughen up. <laughs> so anyway, um, so the, um, as you may have noted, I, I couldn't, we can talk about this later, but I, I had trouble coming up with a name for the story. So I called it blind dates and then I called it Cupid and then I called it blind. So you got both. So, um, so maybe you can help me figure that out, but here it is. And, uh, I'll try to read fast and I hope my machine doesn't fail, which it's kind of threatening to do. Oh dear. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Hey, I saw your picture in the paper. A voice brought him out of his fast-paced mental review of the day's agenda. You're a skier, the guy went on. Yeah, hope I look better in, in person, came Adam's automatic quip as the bus door opened and he stepped aboard. There was a lot of ground to cover today, but at least there were only clients in the afternoon. In the morning, he could catch up with writing code in the office and work alone at his own computer without so much conversation. The love of people and love of technology was a good marriage in shaping this career, but sometimes solitude wasn't all bad. Still, the possibility of meeting new people, his own age, new women, was always hard to pass on, and the radio announcement was still buzzing around in his brain. More single men needed for our Valentine mixer tonight. Bruce Banning. Oh, wait, I got to turn speech. My phone was babbling at me. Okay. Um, Bruce Banning and Sheila Hawk had chattered in their morning prattle on WKIX as he shaved. Come on, guys. Get off your butts. Be brave and give us a call. He could do it. It might be a waste of time, but still, the little boy spirit was never far from his man's consciousness. Like a giant puppy, one woman had dubbed him at a dance at a tech show last year. He frolicked, she told him, much like an exuberant golden retriever. There'd been a twinkle in her voice of affection, it seemed, but one could never be sure. It was odd, he mused, as the bus lumbered down Church Street toward downtown. Older women always seemed so pleased with him, from his mother to Sister Kathleen in the third grade to Mrs. Kalinske, his high school English teacher. They found him funny and bright and intuitive sure he'd had dates in college and even went with one girl for a year but he was 26 now and wanted a serious relationship adam you is somebody okay or not okay it's I'm just okay. It, i think it's just feedback or something okay 
Adam, you are so incredibly brave and brilliant. Sarah, his favorite co-worker, had told him over afterward drinks one night, just give yourself time. I predict that by the time you're 35, you'll be inviting me to the baptism of your third child. You just aren't in many places to meet women yet. When he'd come here to take a job with a leading software company right out of college, it had felt brave. But making friends was a thing he did easily. Someone needs to mute their phone if they're going to be using their computer or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, let's see. But making friends was a thing he did easily, and there were no lonely weekends these days. The only problem was that of all his friends in this new town, were that all his friends in this new town were married or men. So why not go to this thing? What did he have to lose? His, his stop was next. He unfolded himself from the seat, grabbed his briefcase, and told the bus driver to have a wonderful day. He checked his watch as he stepped off the bus, still plenty of time to grab coffee. The sun warmed his face as he headed uh, briskly east toward Lincoln Avenue, matching his stride to the rhythm of I heard it through the grapevine, the last tune he'd heard before switching off WKIX. There was still that software conflict to resolve at Citizens Bank, and Jonathan was leaning on him to get that bid off to that insurance agency. Setting up networks wasn't the most satisfying part of the job, but it was easier for him to do it than it was for Sarah. Double espresso, the young woman in the coffee shop smiled as he slid into place at the counter. Her name was Kimberly. He liked that and liked her. Add a sesame seed bagel to that today, Kimberly, he said. And hey, happy Valentine's Day. When he told her to add a couple dozen cookies to the tab, she laughed. Hey, ka-ching, ka-ching, want anything else? Couple loaves of bread, maybe? Six dozen cupcakes? Too much to carry, he shot back with a huge grin, paid her, and was out the door. Funny, he mused, how words like ka-ching became part of the vocabulary. It began as a sound to mimic the sound of a cash register and lingered when even cash registers themselves don't say it anymore. They say beep, beep, much more subtle, more refined. And elevators don't just ding. They talk, he thought, as the one in ML King Tower announced confirmation of the seventh floor as he exited. Oh, Adam, you are always such a sweetheart, Marcy Coles squealed as he uh, deposited the box of cookies on the receptionist's desk. They look delicious. Cupid just gave me an excuse to buy cookies, he told her grabbing one of the iced hearts himself as he turned toward his office. But you always think of everyone, Marcy said. Someday some woman is going to be very happy she found you. Maybe. That's what Sam and Katie Mitchell had tried to tell him last month when their attempt at matchmaking failed. Sam and Adam had become friends while Adam was solving a virus problem and upgrading software in the Mitchell's bakery business, and Katie had decided he was a perfect match for her student teacher. She was intelligent, attractive, and of absolutely no interest to him. It was a strained evening, and while Sam assured him with a hearty, you just have to wait till the right one jumps out at you, Adam, 
he knew that Katie thought he should stop being so choosy whenever he thought one was jumping out at him, there was the barrier, the imaginary line looming so often so large. Come on, all, come on, all you macho morons, Bruce Banning had heckled on the radio. You know you want a relationship and you're never going to meet the right person if you stay in the office. Well, Adam reflected, he went out often enough, but mostly with people from work. It would be a kick to check this thing out. He pushed the files and keyboard aside, set down his bagel bag and coffee and picked up the phone. The stutter tone announced voicemail, but he ignored it and dialed 555-WKIX. Are you still looking for brave single guys for that party tonight? He asked the guy at the other end. We certainly are. Are you over 18? I'm 26. What's your name? Adam. Adam Morrissey. Well, Adam will be at the Star Cross Tavern, 532 Mull Road. Be there at 545. You'll get two free drinks, great appetizers, and a chance to meet the woman of your dreams. Sounds good, Adam laughed. Are we supposed to bring anything? Just a party mood and an open mind, the guy said. Now, you sure you're going to be here? We need exact count. I'll be there, Adam said, and clicked off to punch up the messages of the morning. It was beginning to drizzle when his cab pulled up to the Star Cross Tavern at 540. He paid the driver and headed toward the door, a party mood already slipping into place like a new network card in his brain. It had been a satisfying day of finishing reports and solving technical riddles, and he was ready to kick back with a few beers. The heavy wood door groaned a little as he tugged on it, and the sound of bare-naked ladies filtered into the small enclosure. He pulled another wooden door toward him and heard the young woman at the desk to the left telling another guy that it would be just a few minutes. I'm Adam Morrissey, he said, uh, um, presenting himself to her. She checked a list, checked his ID, and told him he'd be at table six. Must be my lucky number, he joked. She told him to wait a few minutes for Maria, who showed up immediately and took over. Now, what we're going to ask you to do is wear a blindfold and get to know the people at your table, Maria told him. Are you comfortable with that? Sure, Adam laughed easily. No problem. She slipped the cloth over his head, securing it snugly in back. Now, just hold my arm, Maria told him, and I'll show you to table six. The place smelled of old wood and new beer, he thought, the coziest kind of place, as he followed her through the tables of laughter and clinking glasses. They wove in and out of tables, and then they paused. Okay, everybody, here's your last man for the table. Adam is joining you. Introduce yourselves, and remember, no peeking, as he... As he claimed his chair. Maria asked, what can I get you to drink? I'll have a Corona, he said. And then to his table mates, so who's here? With attitudes ranging from giddy to anxious to blustering, they introduced themselves. Molly, to his immediate right, then Jack, Trisha, Michael, and around to Jennifer on his left. I guess 
I guess the girl boy, girl boy seating arrangement is no quirk of fate, Adam pointed out. And they moved from mild amusement at that fact to talk of the heavy traffic getting here, the drizzle outside, the decision each had made to respond to the WKIX invitation. I missed the part about the blindfold, Jack put in. His voice was deep, smooth baritone, confident, bordering on cocky, probably a lawyer, Adam thought. Oh, but that was the point of the whole Cupid thing, Molly was saying. Love is blind. No predicting where the arrows will fly, etc. That's where the great, brave, that's where the get brave and take a chance element came into play. Her voice was like alto wind chimes, musical and soft on the ears. She smelled nice too, he noticed, like almonds and sandalwood and something else, not too flowery. And so far, it's working out okay, Tricia said, giddy little girl voice full of laughter. I didn't trip a single time on the way to the table, and I'm holding on to my beer with both hands, Jack quipped with mock triumph, the sound of his taking a long drink and setting down his mug, confirming Adam's initial Jack image. So what kind of work do you do, Adam? Molly said in a lower voice for private conversation. I'm a programmer trainer for technical solutions downtown, he said. How about you? I teach freshman composition at the community college, she told him, but it's just a job to pay the bills. My real aspiration is to support myself with writing. What kind of stuff do you write? Novels are what I want to do, but so far I'm only publishing book reviews. Have had a few in City Life this year. What kinds of books do you review? All kinds. Last one was about the latest Jeffrey Deaver thriller. Gave it five stars. Oh, wow, Adam breathed, nearly clobbering her as his hand flew out, the fabric of her sleeve registering somewhere in his consciousness. Thin, cotton sweater, warm, authentic, like her words. I think I read that review. Definitely read the book. His Lincoln Rhyme character is so awesome. Genuine, so rare that a writer can get something right like that, you know? Quadriplegia. I had a roommate in college who was quadriplegic. Not really anything like the Lincoln character, but the reality is the same. Just an ordinary mortal with a real brain and emotions. Somebody, a real woman like Amelia, could fall in love with. Okay, he thought, shut up you're talking too much but what he remembered of the review was that the writer had extolled the same level of getting it praised Deaver's research and insight weaving a brilliantly intricate plot with characters that were fully human and definitely different Jennifer was talking in his left ear now the blindfold thing is unsettling she was saying does it make you feel sort of floaty not really, Adam said slowly. Doesn't really feel like anything special to me. He liked that she could address the strangeness, not feel a need to be pumped up and hyper, which was the general tone throughout the room. The sound of a microphone being tapped interrupted. Welcome, all you stargazers, came the familiar WKIX voice. Now that all of you are in place, we're going to make, shake it up a bit. I've got two all-day passes to Perfect Slopes for the stargazer who can name the most people here tonight. 
and dinners at some dynamite restaurants for those who can solve some other riddles as the party goes on. Tonight's the night for romance. Adam scraped back his chair. I'll be back, he said to his table mates. I'm going to win those ski passes. OMG, piped Trisha from across the table. How will you ever find us again? We'll save your seat, Molly said in that private conversation tone again, but we won't drink your beer. Straight away from the back of his own chair, Adam found another. So who's here, he asked. One by one, he met them going around the table, concentrated to memorize names, exchange jokes, didn't hear anyone else walking around. At the next table over, he repeated the process. Susan, Dan, Nikki, Kevin, Anna, Mark, one more table, and he knew he couldn't remember any more names than 20, so he headed back. Touching a chair back or two, confirming, hey, is this Anna? Or, hey again, Kate, and he heard the familiar baritone of Jack and slid back into his chair. Uh... Grr, Molly muttered as a small thud sounded beneath their feet. That was my keys. I'll never find them. Adam ducked under the table, his fingers first lightly grazing a shoe. Molly's leather, narrow, crisp, then a wayward napkin, and then voila, here you go. He jangled the keys with a flourish, wondered for a flash what the glass talisman was that made the bundle leap first to his hand a definite zing of electricity then a delicious zing sparked in his brain as their hands briefly touched hey man michael spoke up for the first time did you take off your blindfold no way adam answered just heard where they fell i want to hear how everyone decided to do this thing molly asked the table it's a crazy idea but the place seems pretty filled I'd guess 75 people, Jack said. We're table number six, Jennifer said, so we know there are at least 36 of us. The idea of meeting people without seeing them intrigued me, Molly said. Meeting people in bars doesn't work in ordinary circumstances, but this held possibilities. I came here from Iowa last year, Jennifer spoke up, and I love my job, but the people in my building don't even make eye contact, and I don't hang out much with the people at the office and meeting people online works for some people trisha now but that seems creepy to me i hate writing messages and all the experts say you should exchange a lot of emails before actually meeting a guy from online what about you molly was turning to adam now lowering her voice in that intimate way she had why did you take the challenge I'm not sure, Adam began. I go out a lot, love new places and faces, and I've met some women online too, but it's just hard to get past the surface with so many people. There's always an invisible barrier, a roadblock to just connecting human to human. They do it so well in fiction, Molly murmured. Maybe that's why I read so much. Me too, Adam said, and noticed that his beer was empty. Maria was there then, taking orders for everyone's second free drink. It's time to give away those ski passes, Bruce of WKIX boomed. Who can name more than six people in the room? Okay, we have three hands waving pitifully in the air. 
As their shoulders were tapped, they sang out their lists. One woman named Seven, another guy, Ten, and Adam was up. At my table, he shouted in his own version of a radio guy voice, we have Molly, Jack, Trisha, Michael, Jennifer. Then I have also met Anna, Kate, Mark, Kevin, Nikki, Susan, Rich, Julie, Chance, um, Keisha, uh, Mary, and his other, and another Michael, and losing stream. That's all I can remember. Well, Adam, congrats to you, dude. That's 17, and you're the lucky winner. Now, who gets to go with you? You, he said to Molly. I don't ski, she laughed. I do, Jack said. Okay, then, I'll take Jack, Adam announced. The room erupted in a mixed chorus of cheers and boos, and table returned to their own conversational whims. Sorry, I couldn't play my part, Molly said. Walking, dancing, and reading are my sports. Well, it'll mark me as some kind of nerd, maybe, Adam said, but I took swing dance lessons last year and loved it. Want to go sometime? Yes, Molly said. I think I would. More nervous laughter then, and I can't believe we just had that little snippet of conversation. I mean, we've never even seen one another, but I feel as though I know you, trust you, and you don't know anything about me. I have a cat, for instance, and I have a four-year-old daughter, the love of my life. Not a problem. Adam didn't miss a beat. It's just dancing, after all, and there are things you might not like about me, too. The class I was in has dance parties every third Friday, so there's one just four days away. Want to? Sure. So tell me about your daughter. She did then, and he inhaled her joy as she described the little girl with long lashes and springs like Tigger, who loved Eeyore because nobody else really does, Mommy, and who could read all the words already in Dr. Seuss's ABC and who could recite, pretending to read, Chicka Chicka Boom Boom. She's another reason I want to make it as a writer, Molly said, so I could be more consistently available to her, not have to pay someone else to take her to swimming or ballet. I'd love to meet her, Adam said, thinking of his brother's kids, Josh and Joel, who called him Uncle A, and who were the only ones who thought that his magic tricks were awesome. The second beer was gone, and time was too. Bruce was on the mic again. Maria is walking around now, stargazers, he was saying giving one lucky person at each table tickets to a Jack Johnson concert and a free, uh, a free appetizer here at Starcrossed. Jennifer was tapped at their table, and Adam heard her ask Michael if he'd like to share, thought he heard an affirmative response. Now everybody can lift your blindfolds, Bruce was saying, and we'll bring the lights up slowly so no one has a freak attack. The pre-recorded drum roll sounded, and everyone, presumably, tore the covers from their eyes. It's been great meeting all of you, Adam said, standing up. Here's my card, Jack. Let me know when you're ready to go skiing. And here's one for you, he said quietly to Molly. I'd love to call you, but no pressure. It's better if you have the power, you know, for you to call me about the swing dancing Friday in case you change your mind. He shook her hand then. And with another 
uh, with another twin tingle of electricity firing, he unfolded his white cane with a flourish and strode to the door. Holy cow. All this time throughout the story, you did not have him using the cane. Mm -hmm. And now here he is. And it's funny that the people at the desk when he came in were like, oh, you know, you're blind. Well, I guess you don't need the blindfold. That is, that is strange. You'd think they might say something about, you know, well, you may not need this. <laughs> uh, so that that's weird. That's weird. Okay. Wow. That's I like it because yeah. of that. I just, yeah. you know, because no, I, I, he, goes, I think he goes in there and, you know, obviously he folded up his cane and, and uh, you know, right. he can do that. I mean, you, you know, it is possible. Um, and, you know, he just goes up to the desk and I, you know, and uh, plays the role and, uh, you know, I think it was wonderful. I just, I laughed and laughed. I thought it was so funny. Oh, thank wow, you. <laughs> that's something. Now, at the beginning, I found it a little confusing. Uh, somebody says, I saw your picture in the paper. And then he says, he, I got on the bus. And it, and I found that a bit disconcerting. You might have him getting on the, have, have that person say, I, I saw, I saw your picture uh, you know, he broke into my thoughts as I was getting on the bus or something like that, just to make it a little more clear. Otherwise, I thought that was good. Oh, and uh, wait, oh, wait. Now, if he's blind, how does he know the gal's name tag says Kimberly? Oh, because oh, it doesn't, he, it, it doesn't say he, he knows that her name tag says Kimberly. He knows her name is Kimberly. Okay, we might want to change that then. Maybe just okay. take out that. Just just have just take out their name tags in Kimberly. Uh, just say something that, you know is a girl he knew, or just have her, just cut that out altogether. And then the next line, next line paragraph, something. Yeah, give me the coffee and the bagel, please, Kimberly. Well, and then you know that he knows. Well, well, you know, I kind other, of, I kind of put things the in there like. Wait that. a minute! Wait a minute, Bill. Go ahead. I I kind of put things like that in there deliberately. Okay. Um, not not lying, not saying, you know, what, what it says is, you know, he slid into place at the counter. Her name was Kimberly. He liked that and he liked her. Okay. So, oh, I, I thought I he had a name put, tag. I, miss, I must have misheard. No. Well, uh -oh. but that's kind no, of. there was no like, name tag, Abby. Because what, what I'm trying to do is, is set it up so that, you know, he does sound like everybody else. Because we do know yeah, things okay. that other yeah. people know from sight, but we find okay. them out other ways. And so that's kind of where I'm yeah. going. Well, with that's that. your readers, you know, I, I'm afraid sight readers are going to think, okay, if he's blind, how does he know our name tag says Kimberly? That's, you know, that's what, well, I'm, what I'm thinking. Yeah, but, but she didn't say name tag, though. Oh, I thought it did. I'm sorry. Okay. I misheard <laughs> you then. Okay. <laughs> the other thing could be with that, though, is that he may be considered blind, but he may actually have a little bit of vision because the fact that uh, there are only a few of us who are actually totally blind. And the other thing that was good about the story is that it does remind us how all of us that we've had some vision, functional vision at some point in our lives at least, pay attention to the visual things in life a lot and perhaps sometimes uh, more than we should to the point of overlooking other things. 
it is something that we have to learn when we don't have vision that the non-visual aspects of life are just important. One quick thing, I noticed a grammatical thing. Something. Uh-oh. I, I know you I, I do every, every once in a while. But um, where you talk about she guided him through the tables. Uh, there's uh-huh. a sentence there that sounds like the tables are laughing. Okay. I, I think you mean the people at the tables were laughing, not the tables. Uh, I don't think I've ever heard any of my tables laugh. No, I've never heard a table laugh either. That's a that would be a first for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. That, well, that would be an in a talking table. <laughs> so, Deborah, it's Mary. Did, have you ever been to something like this before? Because it's a wonderful idea. I am going to tell the truth. I have not. I have a very good friend. I've kind of fallen out of touch with him in recent years. Mary, you might have known him, Jim Denham. He did. Yeah. This is his story. He did this. And, and, see, and that's the thing. The thing is, this is, Jim is totally blind, and he is so confident. He is so yeah. confident everywhere he goes, and he doesn't hesitate. He's, he's, he's fearless, and he's charming. And so he, he told me about this what, the, the week that it happened. He's like, you're not going to believe what I did the other night. And it was Valentine's. You know, he said he heard this thing. It was, he heard <laughs> yeah. the thing on the radio. I mean, you know, I made, made up the details and filled it in, but he, he said he heard yeah. this thing that they were doing this thing at a restaurant where you, you come and you have to wear a blindfold and he thought it was a hoot. So he went and then, and he actually, a couple things happened. I, I can't remember, you know, what they were, but similar to the keys dropping and his finding his way around the, you know, he did a couple of things like yeah. that happened. Maybe not the same details I used, but where his blindness skills made it possible for him to do something without peeking. And everybody's like, Whoa, how'd you do that, dude? You know, like, but but um, so, yeah, it really happened. And um, it's funny, you know, it didn't occur to me then to ask, did they notice that you were blind when you came in? But again, you know, he's someone who exudes so much confidence that I can see that, you know, with the right kind of person, that wouldn't happen. Like, well, okay, you're here. Here's your blindfold, too. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and nobody um, else you, really knows. I have um, a friend who's like that. He he's um, a very good cane traveler, and he doesn't use a standard cane. I don't know what it is he has, but I've been with him and have people ask him if he was bringing his own pool cue. Oh, <laughs> this, this okay. guy uses a real cane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So oh, um, you know, th- there are so, people that that don't do things quite the way other blind people do. And he's one of those people. He used to um, he used to invite all of his friends if they ever came to San Francisco to give him a call. And he takes them on the on a, what did he call it? Jose, can you see blind walking? Oh, you're talking about Jerry. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Jerry Coons. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. very... Um, so I remember he, when he walked into my dorm, he was my VR counselor, and he walked into really? my dorm. Really? Oh, wow. And someone asked him, hey, dude, did you bring your own cue? 
and I, oh. and I realized that they were talking about his cane um, because he uses a lot of echolocation. He does. And yeah. he does do the standard, um, you know, double tap um, method. Um, you know, similar, he's, yeah, he's, and he's, he's much, he's much older. Jerry's, well, I was at his 70th birthday party, and that's been a while, so he's probably close to 80 now. So he's much yeah. older than Jim, but the same kind of uh person, you know, totally blind, but super, super confident and 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 competent, yeah. So, you know, and he's it, the only blind person I've ever met that. that eats with chopsticks and does all kinds of crazy things that yeah. <laughs> most of us don't even attempt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so, he was in well, his 30s when I first met him, I think, and I was just, you know, 19. Yeah. Wow. I never, I, I didn't know anybody who knew him when he was, when he was young. I didn't meet him until, I don't know, probably 25 years ago. But, um, well, so did you guys... You know, first time reading it through, did you anticipate that he was re- that he was blind? I no, kind of did. Didn't know. No. no, I didn't pick up on it until. No, the not I, 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 I don't know what what, what made me, but I think I did. Um, okay. I think it was um, his his um, unsure about uh, making connections with women. Uh-huh. You know. Um, because he well, seems so confident in every other way, but it was like, oh, they just think I'm a well, cute golden retriever puppy. That, that's not necessarily a blind thing. There are men who are sighted no. that problem. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. thought maybe he might have had some experience with with blindness. Maybe he had a relative or a friend who was blind, you know, so that he could. Well, and and you guys are going to come to the story with more awareness than sighted mm-hmm. readers, you know. No, right. I don't so. think he tipped it off. Um, it was just the, 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 the feeling I got. Well, but, I told you, I wrote it 10 years ago cause it, it, the file had the date on it, you know, 2009 mm-hmm. and I caught a couple you, things reading it just now to you guys that have to be changed. Like the stutter tone of voicemail. Nobody hears that anymore. Yeah. If you're using a landline, you do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, good. So it didn't, it jumped out at me because I haven't had a landline for three or four years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no, I, 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 and some older office phone systems might still. Right. Yeah. Right. So you asked us, um, you told us that you had two titles and that maybe we could help you choose oh, yeah. one. Yeah. And I, I, one was blind date. And I don't think you should use that one because that gives it away. Because okay. I think it's, it's I think it's kind of you know keeps it under wraps that the guy is blind if you don't give us that hint. And then yeah. he stands up and mm-hmm. he unfolds his cane. It's like, yay, okay. Um, yeah, that will be the first time that many people, if they're sighted readers, will notice. Yeah. And I really like the keys thing, even though, you know, that really happened. But I, I think that is what I, I think that was really good to put that in there, because that's when people do say, 
you're not blind. You know, you reached right down there for that. No. Yeah. It's like, you must not have your blindfold on. And yeah. So. So the other title that that I had for it was Cupid. Cupid. Do Do you think that's okay? Or can you guys give me another I suck at titles. I've never been good at titles. I don't know about Cupid. I kind of like having some reference to blindness in the title. Uh, you know, I want to see. I don't. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I want it to be I a like, surprise. Yeah, I don't know if I like Cupid either. Well, you can still have blind something, but you know, I don't know. I don't know that I like Cupid though. I'm not sure about that. Um. Uh, well, Cupid's party, Cupid's, uh, Cupid's, uh, uh, Cupid's, uh, something. Cupid's something. What? Cupid's choice. Take a risk on, on Valentine. Uh, or how about or, Valentine Adventure? There you go. That's yeah, good. That's pretty good. Or Valentine Challenge. Maybe. Yeah. And we've got all these people meeting in a strange place. So we've almost got kind of a Russian room up situation about what's going to happen. Ah, the story without a name. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think... Um, it flowed really well, and I think it it would hold anyone's interest. It you didn't get lost in the conversation. It was all, um, you know, I liked him getting an idea of who the people are by how they talk. Yeah, I mean, does that especially to you guys because you're the real deal? You know, does that resonate with you as like how you kind of process so. people? Yeah. Because I think sometimes, too, um, when people will talk to you and tell you things that I'm not sure they would tell other people, like you got the impression that Jennifer was a little bit shy and a little bit intimidated by coming from the Midwest to the big city. And, you know, you you got kind of an impression of, of the different people at the table from what they chose to share and how they chose to share it. Yeah. Well, thank you. You know, I I am so mad at myself that, but I, I really, like I said, it's a lesson. I mean, I wrote it. I shared it with one person. I felt embarrassed. And I, and then I, I was going through an external hard drive, <laughs> I don't know, back in January, I think. And I, and I saw this story and I thought, I'm going to read that and see, you know, I remembered it. I remembered clearly writing it and what it was about and stuff, but I thought it must be really bad. And I read it and I thought, well, I kind of like this story a lot. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to re- resurrect it. So, so thank you. I, I think I want to try to maybe, and uh, you know, it's, it's boy, Braille is so amazing. Like I download, I, Put, copied it onto an SD card and put it in my note taker so I could read it. And I, I saw a handful of typos like I do when I read for anybody else. I always see typos. I didn't see my own either until mm-hmm. I read them in Braille. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. 
That's a good yeah. style point for Braille then. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. I can sometimes pick them up if I'm listening hard enough with Jaws just by the way it says something. Mm-hmm. But um, it is a lot easier if you can look at it because then you catch that piece of punctuation hanging out there in the middle of nowhere with nothing around it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or the or the wrong word in the in the wrong place. I think the best mm-hmm. blooper I ever, ever saw. And I caught this with the screen reader. I wasn't even reading Braille at the time because I didn't have a Braille display at the then. But uh, I, I was reading along in the email, and it was uh, just after Bookshare started. And this lady... Hello? Uh-oh. I think Hello? we lost Hello? her. Hello? Hello? Anne? 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 Uh-oh. She just got dropped again. Yeah. That's weird. Well, the rest of us are here. Did, did she go out? I don't have my speech on, so I can't hear if people come and go. I just turned my speech on to try away. to see what happened. Late. Let's see. I'm looking at the participants list. Let's see. Okay. See her. I, I, I see her here. And That's weird. Yeah, well, she's the host. I wonder if she's. Yeah, I don't. I'm looking at participants and I don't see her. If can yeah, you find I see if she's see muted? Oh, Bob, can you okay. see if she's muted and unmute her? Maybe she Bob's muted herself. I'm unmuted computer recording to the cloud. And oh, weird. Unmuted. I don't know what happened. Did she use a cell phone? Maybe it battery died or something. I don't know. No, oh, she's. Okay. I think she said she was calling in on her computer because I asked who had oh. a computer. I don't know. She She's still Maybe in here. Maybe there's a problem with her computer audio or something. Uh, oh, that's dear. weird. I'm sorry. This is well, not that's not, well, that is a good When you hear about our, her great blooper reading with a screen reader and, uh, and poop. Yeah. And then she cut out in the middle. Yeah. Huh. It's just, uh, this is a fascinating story. It was the dining in the dark story, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so did you listen? Oh, Bob. I of course I did. I was fascinated. Yeah. Fascinated. It was a great yeah, story. It was a kind of dining oh, in the geez. dark. Story, yeah. But it was yeah. before dining in the dark had okay. really become so popular. When yeah, wow. right, right. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's something. But, uh, but I did think of that when you're reading that story, that that was sort of like that type of an event. And of course, some of those have been controversial depending on how they've been handled and sometimes yeah. not the right way. Oh, there's all different kinds of them. Yeah. Yeah. I I had a yen for quite a while to, to organize one and, and do it, but then it didn't happen. But anyway, because um, the original ones, you know, were all staffed by blind people, blind mm-hmm. readers and cooks and stuff. And but now it's gotten all crazy. Now it's a money maker and stuff. But anyway, well, well hey, you guys, we um, have gone way over, and I yeah. can't see what time it is. But I know it's. Um, so we'll be. We'll be. Well, then we'll be. I have Now I just want to say that in July, the second Saturday. And we can do it. Okay. Stick to that second Saturday if you all want. Okay. To. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Okay. 
Okay. I mean, for those of us going to the convention, I might, I might not have my eyes open, but. (laughs) (laughs) But Yeah. The 13th it shall be. Okay. That sounds good. All All right. right. Well, we'll thank you. And we'll have to remind uh, Anne to tell us about her greatest blooper reading a stupid screen reader before she had a braille display. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I <laughs> got her off. My, my, oh, there she is. She is. Oh, there she is. My well, tell us your story, and then we're going to go. Tell us your Okay, paper, well, I'll finish the story. Anyway, okay. the, the gal, this was just after Bookshare got started, and I'm reading email, and she says, well, I sent in my, my application, and I sent in my money six weeks ago, and I haven't heard a word since. And... Uh, and she says, I think your whole organization must be on autopilot. Can you still hear me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you're good. She you're says, good. I, I think your whole organization must be on autopilot. And the screen reader said it kind of weird, so I went back and I looked. And she had written auto, A-U-T-O, that was fine, and a dash. Mm-hmm. But then she wrote P-I-L-A-T-E. That reminds me of how today a lot of people pronounce it Pilates, like the exercise, because they don't That's know right. about Pontius Pilate. So I get the picture in my mind of Pontius Pilate doing Pilates. You know, can you imagine somebody dressed oh in a woman's shoulder doing those kind of exercises? Oh my goodness! <laughs> well, I think you know that's one of the you know one of the great things about reading Braille, though, is that you see things like that. Um, I was at the the Florida Council convention about a month ago, and their program was full of errors like that. Um, it said there was a thing about there was a workshop about traffic signals and it said, do you shudder when you have to cross the street? And it was S H U T T E R. Ooh. (laughs) And what was the other one? It was another one. It was another like homonym that was just so dumb. And I thought somebody needs a proofreader. Yeah. It sounds like theory dictation. Well, yeah, that could be. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I never use vulgarity, and every time I try to dictate, she puts all sorts of obscenities in my writing. <laughs> <laughs> well, she could put, put vulgarity instead of vulgarity, sure. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I always, it's one thing I don't like about doing text just from the, just from Siri, from the home button, that's where the errors seem to be more prevalent. Right. Like if you do it from within the app and go to the dictate button down on the keyboard, it's it's usually, I'd say about 95% accurate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I, and, also, and it's easy. you have to slow down and enunciate your words clearly. And I yeah. can talk too fast. And that's when mine creep in, um, where she'll, put things in there that I had that I really never said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, if you, if you check it, well, see the, the thing is, and if you do it from within the messaging app, then you can check it and you can, it's pretty easy to, you know, turn your rotor to words and go word by word and go back to the goofed up one. 
Yeah. I'd say one in 10 messages I have to correct. And then there are probably those that I don't even catch, but I, you know. The one thing I have, I have a horrendous time with the insertion point in iOS because I'm so ingrained in me, the window is the way of doing cursor movement. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Anyway, okay, we're way over, you guys. Yeah, so, okay, well, yes, we'll see we you are. next month then. Bye-bye. I, yes. I want to hear about that story being in a magazine soon. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll do my best. I'm scrambling okay. right now because I'm, I'm going to be uh, proofing my novel here, which is probably going to be published sometime this summer. So sometime when I have time in between rounds of proofing and my after my vacation, maybe in a, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to Florida. And after I get back in July, I may have time to do that. So Where we'll in see. Florida? Well, uh, my brother lives in Jupiter, so I'm flying in out of Fort Lauderdale. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. That's way, way down at the bottom of the state. I'm yeah, the I think that's too far away from you too, Bill, because you're, yeah. you're, I think, at the other end. So, yes, I was just yeah. down in Boca Raton a few weeks ago for oh. a blind convention now. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. So, so anyway, Abby, I'll, I'll try. I'll try. You, um, I might reach out to you in the next day or two if you have time about the Braille sure. Note Touch Plus. Oh, sure. We'll yeah. Do you, you have okay. a, uh, you have, I, you have, yeah, yeah, sure. Email I have your email. Okay, that yeah. works. That works. Cool. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. Well, thank you. Good night, yeah. everybody. All right. See you all. Bye bye. See you next month. Bye bye. bye.